getting your weekend started right. The Jet Set Breakfast. So there's something called the sun gazer, which is also known as the giant girdled lizard. Now, when you look at the pictures of uh, this particular lizard, it really does look like a miniature version of a dragon. If you've ever wondered what a dragon looks like, well, just go and have a look at the sun gazer itself. And there's someone who is focusing on them. Why? Because the illegal global pet trade is adding huge pressure on pushing this species into extinction. And they're only found here in South Africa. Online with us, we have Shivan Parusnath, who is a biologist, an ecologist, a sociologist, and a PhD student at Wits University. Shivan, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. I'm glad to be here. Geez, you know, one, it's hard to imagine that one could get excited about a lizard. And then one sees the video, or certainly I watched the video that you put out there, and it got really, really exciting. It does indeed look like a small, small dragon, the sun gazer. Mm. Yeah, it does. You know, it's got so many spikes on its head and its back and its tail. It really reminds us of something kind of prehistoric. So tell us a little bit about where this uh, lizard is found, what is its habitat, and uh, is it true that it only is found in Southern Africa or South Africa? Yeah, so, you know, growing up as a South African, uh, it's been really exciting to do research on the sun gazer because it's a lizard that's only found in our country. And even within our country, there's only a very small area where you can actually find these lizards. So they're, um, they're endemic to the Free State Province, as well as a bit of Mpumalanga. They're only found on very pristine natural grasslands. So once you plow the land to use it for crops, they don't go back onto that land afterwards. So it's very important that we actually maintain the sort of pristine grassland for them. So that's uh, the first importance. The second importance is uh, the work that you're specifically doing, which is around the illegal trade of these lizards as well. Talk to us about that. Okay, so I've been working on the sun gazer lizard for about 10 years. And quite early on, when I started doing my research, I would see lots and lots of pictures of sun gazers being kept as pets around the world. But the sun gazer is listed on a, on a list called CITES, Appendix 2, which means that you actually can't export sun gazers from South Africa unless they're captive bred, you know, in order to try and protect the wild populations. Yet there were hundreds and thousands for sale around the world. So I was trying to figure out how this happened, and it kind of seems like what people do is they catch wild-caught sun gazer lizards, and they export them from South Africa as if they've been captive bred. Um, But apparently these things can't be inbred in captive. Is that correct? You know, they're they're so specialist in the habitat that they live in and the food that they eat that when you put them into a cage, they simply don't reproduce. You know, they, they need their very special conditions. Yeah. So... So what I did for my PhD was I actually developed genetic markers that you can use to differentiate wild caught from uh, captive bred lizards by looking at their relatedness, kind of like doing a paternity test on lizards. Um, And so for the first time, we were actually able to use these genetic tests to stop uh, wild sun gazers from being uh, exported, poached and exported from South Africa. So just explain that to us. Are you saying that you, if, if genetic markers, how would you do that and how would you get a genetic marker into a lizard that is in the wild anyway? Well, the way it works is... It's like a little number to, plate. It's like, it's like giving well, it's a... Of, yeah. It, it, okay, so the first step is that uh, you collect a tissue samples. So it's kind of like taking a nail clipper and collecting a little bit of uh, a bit of a scale. And then you go into a lab and you actually get DNA from that little sample. 
and then you you barcode it. So it's like looking like it's like it's like looking at a barcode on a on a product in a shop. You can see exactly what code that animal has, and you can see how related it is to the animals around it. So let's say somebody's got a a group of sun gazers, and they claim that they're all related and they've bred them themselves. You can actually go and look at the DNA and see if they are related or not. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So so one of the things that uh, I noted in the video that you put out was that this is a, 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 a lizard that many people like to keep as a pet. Why would that be? Mm. Just because they look so crazy? or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so when I was growing up, um, I was always interested in dinosaurs and dragon-like <laughs> things and you know, I think the sun gazer can definitely capture your attention. And I can fully understand that if you don't understand the, the, the effects that poaching an animal from the wild can have in its wild populations, then it might seem like an innocent thing to do to keep one as a pet because of their incredible appearance and the fact that they're so unique and rare. But I think once you understand the effects that this can actually have, you know, it becomes quite a different story. You know, um, Shivan, when I watched the video, what really struck me was the community of people that are out there, mm. yourself and you mentioned a few others, that are out there yeah. really working towards supporting and ensuring that uh, yeah. these lizards stay safe and, in fact, get off the list. Maybe you want to mm. give a shout-out to them. Yeah, you know, uh, in the past few months, it's, it really has been a very positive experience in that you, when you start fighting a battle like this, it does seem like you're alone and you're the only person that cares. And as you start talking to people and reaching out, you realize, you know, there are many, many scientists in South Africa that actually uh, share similar interests. You know, like my supervisors that actually supervise my PhD, uh, Professor Graham Alexander and Professor Crystal Tolley, they're two people that are very, very passionate about stopping this illegal trade. Um, so they're just two examples out of many that are, that are very, very interested. There's people at the Endangered Wildlife Trust and the National Zoological Gardens that are very involved in uh, trying to combat this trade. So, Shivan, are, yeah, very passionate people. We wish you all the very best, and we say thank you for the work that you're doing to ensure that uh, our animals and insects and reptiles remain safe in South Africa. That's Shivan Parusnat, who is a biologist, ecologist, sociologist, and PhD student at Wits University. So we've heard of uh, bees that have number plates on their backs. Yep, we've spoken to a scientist about that now. Now, I suppose, we're looking at lizards that have little barcodes on their back as well. It's 7.20. You were there, CFM 104 to 107.